0: eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED lights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. This is The Ed Milad Show. Welcome back, everybody. You know what? You're going to be entertained today, and you're going to learn a bunch. This dude's story is bananas. It's literally bananas. Like, when I I quote some of this story to you, you're going to go, there's no way one human being's actually had this life, but he has. So here's just a few movies you probably never heard of. Like The Other Guys, one of the funniest damn movies in the history of the planet Earth Talladega Nights, like I could go on and on and on. By the way, one of the things that's hilarious to me is I did not know that he was on Saturday Night Live. I just did not know that I knew Comedy Central. I knew all the other stuff that he's done, Modern Family. But here's the crazy thing. he's this very like diverse, remarkable acting and entertainment career, yet he had years and years in the military. And when I say years and years in the military, I just want you to think about this, guys. This is a, a Marine Corps vet. How about this? The so public affair officers, his unit was out of New York, but listen to this really quick. Served in Liberia, Kosovo, Albania, Afghanistan, made Luke- lieutenant colonel, Meritorious Service Medal, a couple of them, Navy and Marine Corps Medal, Commendation Medal, Joint Service Achievement Medal, Navy and Marine Corps Achievement Medal, Combat Action Ribbon, National Defense Service Medal, Kosovo Campaign Medal, Afghanistan Campaign Medal, Global War on Terrorism Service Medal, Humanitarian Service Medal, Armed Forces Reserve Medal, and a NATO member and retired in 2013 after 23 years of service and then becomes a famous actor. What the hell? we got to hear about this. <laughs> Rob Regal. Welcome
1: to the show, and thank you for your service. Thank you, thank you very much. Appreciate it. that's a great intro. That's actually your that. life, dude. <laughs> well, yeah, I can't deny it. When you hear that back, does it yeah. sort of shock you to hear that version of your life? Uh, yeah, I mean it's it's uh, it's good. It's good to hear every now and then because you get so I get so busy uh, and I get so worried about the things I. I focus on the wrong thing. So it's good to hear that because i going to fix you okay, today. Yeah.
0: He's already been to one of my events. I'm working on him. I'm fixing this dude, because he obviously needs to. I loved of- your
1: event, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, you really, you are, you're really good at what you do.
0: Thank you. Well, it turns out you're pretty good too. <laughs> you know what I cannot get over? Yeah. Is the diversity of your life. I mean, you also did Fox NFL Sunday for football for eight years after my buddy Caliendo did it. Dumb and Dumber too. You've been in some of legit, man. Like, some of the real funniest stuff ever you've been a part
1: of. Did you I, ever see your life looking like this? No, no. I wanted it. You know, okay. I, had a, I had a picture in my mind. You did. But, whether you know, that, we all have pictures in our mind of, you know, yeah. but whether it's going to come to fruition or not, that's to be determined. Mm-hmm. But you just mentioned Dumb and Dumber, uh, yeah. too. I got to tell you, I, you know, I've quoted that movie, it's Dumb and Dumber, yep. my whole life. So I mean, you're even me, there's I, a chance. Quite literally, I used that lie the other day. <laughs> Just the other day, someone said, "You know, oh, dude, it's a one in a million. I go, "So you say there's a chance?" <laughs> so, like, we, we're always that stuff is in the lexicon of yeah. our life, and I'll, I'll never forget the first day I show up to shoot uh, on set. We're all, we're we're driving. It's a driving big long driving scene, a lot of dialogue, and we're in this hearse going down a highway in in Georgia, you know, okay. outside of Atlanta, and. I'm sitting in the back of this hearse, kind of in between the divider, you know, yeah. and and uh, um, Jim Carrey and, and Jeff Daniels are yeah. in the front. You know, Harry and Lloyd. yeah, And with the bowl cut and the wild hair. And I'm sitting between them, looking mm. at them. It was the most surreal moment of my life. Like an and out-of-body I, experience. Yes. Yeah. And, I, and I've had a lot of surreal moments. But that was one that I all I wanted to do was take pictures and call everybody I ever knew. <laughs>
0: When you got a job. Yeah, I
1: just say, Oh my God, you wouldn't believe who I'm sitting between right now. It's Harry and Lloyd. And they're talking like Harry and Lloyd. <laughs> and they're saying things like Harry and Lloyd. You know, and I would I got to a point on the first take where I was watching them literally sure. just going, This is the coolest. And there was a long gap, and I was like, That's my line. Shit. <laughs> you know, and I had to jump in and say something. That's amazing. And then I realized, Oh, I'm part of this scene. I gotta I gotta focus here. I gotta yeah. I gotta I'm supposed to be doing things. I can't just but I all I wanted to do was just watch all of this.
0: I gotta tell you, man, like I was, I, maybe I shouldn't have been surprised. I mean, I don't mean that in a demeaning way. I mean it in a complimentary way. When I told people you were coming on, it's the most excited anyone's ever been to have people on my show. Like, people were like, you're kidding me. Ask him this. I want to know about that. Of all the people <laughs> out of 400 guests. You, you lots have of amazing really big. guests, too. Yeah, so that's quite like, a compliment. Like, I'm telling you, man. So, like, if I don't get to some of this stuff, <laughs> people are going to be furious with me. But I'm more interested in like the human part of sure. it. Sure. Right? So, you. I want to know about, uh, we'll talk about some of the magic moments in your life, which are like, we don't have time on the show to cover them all. But having said that, you you end up in the Marine Corps with, you know, a plan to go become famous or you never knew you were going to become famous?
1: I was a, I, I was a fan of comedy my whole life, my whole life. Okay. Uh, voted most humorous in my senior class, that. that kind of stuff. Not Class Clown. I don't like that. Kay. Class Clown is disruptive and yeah. just does fart noises with his armpit. Okay. Um, you've never done that? Never done that. Well, I, Come on. I'm not going to lie. Of course I've done that. Okay, But that was not my primary objective. <laughs> um, you know, I tried to be creative uh, okay. on my uh, humor. Um, and and then when I got to college, you know, uh, I went to the University of Kansas, and I grew up, you know, in the Kansas in the, in the 80s. And to me, it was just never an option. Like, going to Hollywood or being an actor for real was just not something that was in the cards. It was a fantasy. It was a dream. It mm-hmm. would, Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. But that's not going to happen. So what am I really going to do? That right. was always the conversation I was having with myself in my head. And um, when I was an undergrad, uh, uh, one, a guy I went to school with uh, who I admired greatly, uh, Tim Rainer, um, uh he was, a, he was a Marine going down the Marine officer program. And uh, I remember I thought, well... You know, I always wanted to serve, so maybe that, that's maybe that's what I can do. Are you, know? you serious? Yeah, so I think I was 19 when I signed up. Uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, and then I got my pilot's license when I was in undergrad, and mm-hmm. uh, I got a guaranteed flight contract with the Marine Corps. So I thought, okay, I'm going to be top gun. But I still was a theater and film major. I still held on to that. Somehow like I, I just kept wanting to learn and study and know more about it and do acting scenes and do take acting classes and stuff but I knew it was just a pipe dream and uh, I just needed a bachelor's degree to graduate anyway And then I'll go be a marine. Yeah, Um, and it was and, and then uh, this is where I give the and I'm giving you the Reader's Digest version yeah. here but but the Marine Corps Definitely changed my life in so many ways. It was the bridge from boyhood to manhood. Mm-hmm. It was uh it pushed me beyond my perceived limits because mm. I thought my limits were here. The Marines showed me, no, no, it's not even yeah. close. You you can go a lot further. Mm. You can handle a lot more. Mm. You just have to have someone push you beyond. Mm. And so when they did that, I got the confidence. Interesting. I got, I got the confidence to say, you know what? If I can do that. Seriously, yeah, well, wow. Absolutely. I mean, we did a 26-mile march, overnight one night, full gear, flak jackets, helmets, weapons, you know, mm. uh, full Alice packs, you know, I mean, okay. just 60 pounds worth of gear. And we humped out 26 miles one night from from dusk till dawn. Mm. And then when we got to our objective, we set up a defensive perimeter, dug holes all day, you know, mm. like all of a sudden I'm like, I just did a marathon and yeah. now I'm I, with no sleep at and night. And I'm like, I can really do what, Hard things, whatever needs to be done. And so then I started trusting myself a little bit more. And mm-hmm. so as I was working my way through the Marine Corps, I just gained more and more confidence and I thought, why not me? Why not me? If I can do all these things, and I'm—I think I'm pretty funny. People seem seem to react well. And then I got a call. I got a call from Kevin Custer, who's a good friend of mine, another college buddy. He was up in Chicago doing Second City, and he called me. I was down at Corpus Christi in flight school, and he called me, and said, "Riggle, you got to get up here and do—you know—do this stuff." I said, "I'm in the Marines, man. I—I don't—I don't have any options Crazy. here. I'm—I'm staying here." He "He goes. I'm telling you, dude." this improv thing it's what we did in college but it has a name it's called improv mm-hmm. and it's 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 exactly what we're doing and you I'm telling you you're better than the people that are up here oh my gosh and so that call really ignited the flame in me to say maybe I could do that maybe I, I maybe really? I could so then that's what triggered my decision to stop flying for the marines because I was I was deep in flight school um I had just finished primary got intermediates wow with, and was going uh I think I was going back to Pensacola to fly helicopters is the way my trajectory was going. And so I uh I, I said, well, but once I pinned those wings on, they had me for, you know, quite yeah, a while. You're gonna be there a while. A wow. While. And and to the point where it would be foolish to get out at that point. But I, I would have been real... in for
0: eleven years. But you were that far down the road, bro. That's a big gutsy move. Like to go, okay, I and got I... this set. My one of my dreams is right there. Yeah. Like one more step, I got my dream. Very close. But to there's it. this other one, like, there's no evidence for but that probably is my big, 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 big dream. That's and it. And you go, screw it, I'm going.
1: Yeah. And that was my first, my second big decision of my life. The mm-hmm. first one was to join. And that was, the, and then when I say decision that I had to solely own and make mm-hmm. and commit to, mm-hmm. and, you know, that, you know, every other decision, where are you going to school? KU. Because, yeah, you know, my right. parents, my family, right. friends, you know, it was no brainer, a lot yeah. of no brainers. Mm-hmm. That were decisions that were quote mine.
0: That's a big. But brand
1: joining brand. the Marines, I had that was solely mine, mm-hmm. and I had to own it. Mm-hmm. And when I left flight school, that was solely mine, and I had to own What'd it. What did your family think when you said, "Hey"? Everybody I thought I was crazy. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be the same thing as me saying, telling you today that I'm. Yeah. I'm quitting acting and comedy and getting into the rap business.
0: <laughs> you know, exactly. Right, People
1: would right. be like, well, I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> I don't Do you have that's... any skills in rapping? <laughs> have you ever tried to well, rap? actually, that's the difference,
0: yeah. though, is you did have a proclivity and some skills I did. for this I had a
1: proclivity. That's the right word, proclivity yeah, really. for it.
0: Hey, guys. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. You know, in all of my businesses, and I've been blessed to have several of them, I've used Indeed now for a number of years, and the main reason I do it is, I, if you're like me, I don't want to waste a bunch of time interviewing people that aren't qualified for the positions that I have. It's one of the hardest jobs in the world, right? Or they are qualified, but they're not interested in making the move at the given time. And so with Indeed, you have a thing called Instant Match, where they match you with quality candidates within 24 hours. And you're in front of people that want the job, that are qualified for it, and that you probably want to hire. I wouldn't go anywhere else. They've delivered great candidates to multiple businesses that I have right now. So here's what's great. Listeners and viewers on my show, you get a $75 sponsored job credit right now to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash mylet. Just go to Indeed.com slash mylet, which is M-Y-L-E-T-T, right now, and you can support our show by saying you heard about Indeed here. That would be great, by the way. Indeed.com slash mylet. Terms and conditions apply. You need to hire. You need Indeed. Hey, guys, I want to talk to you about Shopify. You know, when I started this show, the furthest thing from my mind was doing online business, and now I can't imagine my life without it. So I love Shopify because they're a global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. So whether you're in the startup phase where you're just launching your online store or you're at that really big business where you're like, hey, we just hit a million bucks in order stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. They've helped me through every single stage. I wouldn't even know what to do without them. So whether you're selling shipping supplies or promoting productivity programs, Shopify helps you everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system wherever and whatever you're selling shopify's got you covered big time they help turn browsers into buyers they convert their checkouts 36% better than all the leading competitors and i've used them for everything i do online so every single thing you see that i market online shopify is somehow involved i wouldn't even know what to do without them sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com/mylet all lowercase Go to shopify.com slash now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash But what's, what's I guess most amazing to me is that those are two very different worlds. But I think the first lesson I, I take from you is that like actually doing really hard things created a confidence level in you that allowed you to pursue a completely different dream. And had you not, are you pretty convinced that had you not gone to the Marine Corps, that you would you would not have had the confidence to go pursue your acting or comedic career.
1: I like to think I would have gravitated to acting and comedy eventually, mm-hmm. but I don't think I would have had the confidence to believe in myself that I or or to believe that I can withstand mm. um, rejection. How and did hardship.
0: you do both things though? I'm curious. Like, you didn't. Ju- I I'll be honest. With what I thought I, mm-hmm. I I'd heard you were in the military. Yeah. I'm like, okay, he was like, you know, there a couple years. Yeah, that's a neat little thing on his resume, which by the way is a huge deal. Yeah. To even do that so I want to make sure that when I say that the right way But it wouldn't have been the big part of your story yeah. in the grand scheme of things, but then I'm like no this was 23 years you you were in c- Combat locations you were in theater. Yeah, correct. Yes So at one part of your life you're over here doing improv theater and then like five months later You're in combat somewhere. I only I mean, understand that. Is that
1: right? Yeah, holy it was, crap It was about it was about like that um you say that very matter-of-factly, brother. Like <laughs> can I don't think that's Brad Pitt's path. I'm pretty I know
0: I know Maniscalco really well. A couple other comedic dudes great like I great, great guys, guys, but they they weren't like in Kosovo 1 minute and like uh Second City in Chicago the second minute,
1: right? Like that's yeah. it, it was it it is a unique path. It is it is a different it, it is a different path, but I I I did 9 years active duty. 9 years active duty and then the other fourteen were in the reserves. So mm-hmm. while I was in the reserves, I still had to do my drills. I still yeah. had to do all my stuff. As a matter of fact, while I was on the Daily Show, um, I used to, I was in I had been promoted to major at the time, and so when you become a field grade officer, you have to go through a whole set of schools. Command and Staff College is one of them. Okay. So I had to for two years straight while I was on the Daily Show. Uh, once a month, I would get on a plane, fly from New York back here to L. A. Uh, uh, my wife at the time and my little daughter would pick me up at the airport. We would drive down to Miramar, okay, Marine Corps Air Station Miramar, yeah. and uh, we'd get a room at the DoubleTree. Yep. Uh, and they would go to Legoland all day, mm-hmm. and I would go to Command and Staff College all day. Incredible. Then I would meet them back at the hotel. I'd play with my daughter in the pool. I'd get her some gummy bears and we'd watch some, you know, Mickey Mouse Club until she fell asleep. Then I'd sit out there and have a glass of wine, talk to my wife, catch up. Uh, about life and what's going on and then the next morning they'd go back to Legoland and I'd go off to command staff then we get back together same thing play hang out go to uh, Applebee's have dinner and then they would drive me back to LAX and I'd get on the red-eye take the red-eye back to JFK land at JFK the next Monday morning and uh, um, I would take a cab straight to The Daily Show that is bananas And go to work that would go to work and yeah. that was just, and that's how it was for two years, you know? So you, you,
0: was there a moment, man, was there a moment in your career where you're like, I think this is happening now? Was there a moment where you went, mm, yeah, this is going now? Or do you still sit here today going, I got to figure out the next 24 months?
1: I always got to figure out you, my business. And you probably have experienced this to some level too. Uh, we eat what we kill. Yeah. And if we're not hustling, yep. it ain't, we ain't eating. Mm. And so I've constantly got five irons in the fire. Mm-hmm. Five, mm-hmm. no less, often more, so and that's just how it's got to be, mm-hmm. and you have to get comfortable with that. And yep. uh, you know, when I was in the Marines, I got paid on the first and the fifteenth. Yep, not bad, right? Uh, but those days were gone, yep. and all of a sudden, it is a survival instinct. It's it's burning your ships. How have, sudden... how
0: have you been had such longevity? I mean, I say this to people all the time that as my public profile has become whatever it is, the I know a lot of people that used to be rich that are now poor. And I know even more people that used to be famous or well-known or working in Hollywood or that industry that no longer are mm. So the idea of staying to have some staying power like what you've had on top of the crazy nature of your story Is it just the caliber of your work? Or is there an extra hustle that you think you had from the core that because you've had a long career? Yeah, I mean even yeah. the, this movie list of you know your life is multiple decades now of the shows and the different things you've done I'm sure hearing it back is still bizarre. It is for me is, too when yeah. I hear things yeah. But what do you think the keys have been to stay working so
1: long? Uh, probably three things probably yeah. work ethic uh, probably a little bit of talent um, a lot, a lot. and then um, Being being good to work with hmm. I think those as far as keeping the doors open keeping yeah. the opportunities coming Yeah, those though. I think it's it's you know, not a tricky formula, you know, if you, if you work hard, um, mm. which means five irons in the fire, it means taking meetings, it means going and play with golf with some guy it means taking a general meeting. Mm. It means doing a part sometimes that you hate or that is, you know, you don't feel as quite what you should be doing yeah. to grow your career, but you know, whatever you do it, mm. uh, building relationships, you know, all that stuff. And, and if you do a good job in this business, the sole purpose is to, to, uh, land a gig, Mm -hmm. do a good job on the gig, Mm -hmm. and if you do those two things, you may get a shot at another gig.
0: Yeah, That's it. You really legitimately only are as good as your last gig most of the time. And
1: I was foolish. I was so naive that when I thought, the first gig I got was Saturday Night Live. So when I got it, I thought, Bing, mm-hmm. we're done here. Yeah. You know, I'm <laughs> here. Here we are. Here we are this is where I stay. <laughs> and I, you know, and and that was taken away very quickly. Mm-hmm. It was a it was a blip on the screen. And when it was over, I I dedicated myself for ten years to getting that. Mm-hmm. And then when I got it, it was over mm-hmm. really quickly. And and to, through no fault of my own, I didn't mm-hmm. do anything bad or wrong. Mm-hmm. Or you know, I had a very good year by everybody's standards. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a tricky. It was an election year, they didn't get the ratings they wanted, so they cleaned yep, the house. cleaned it up. I got caught in that. Mm-hmm. No problem. The people they picked up were fantastic, by the mm-hmm. way, so whatever. And you but, did
0: okay after that. Yeah, and yeah,
1: things yeah. panned out. <laughs> um, But uh, uh, I, I made them... That's where I learned a valuable lesson, because I'll, I'll never forget the night I got the call from my manager saying, hey, they're not going to extend your contract. You're probably surprised a little bit, because you had done pretty well. I, 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 yeah. I, 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 I didn't want... I. I didn't want to be, um, blindsided, mm-hmm. but I was, Yeah, and, uh, and I remember I, I, I was so embarrassed cause I was down at my, my parents' lake house and my wife was there at the time. My wife at the time was there and my, my, I had a little baby mm-hmm. daughter and, and I had a little pity party for about, you know, 15 minutes where I just. I was mad yeah. pissed, and this can't be right, and I mm. wanted to call back and double-check, and are they sure, and mm. you know, how did this happen, and somebody needs to explain some shit to me, and I, yeah. and I was just losing it. Mm. And then, calmed down, and I just sat there for a minute, and I realized, well, you know, I can be upset as I want to be, but it doesn't change anything. What I have to do now is find a job.
0: Mm.
1: And that was my first lesson in, Great there business. is no finish line in show business. Mm-hmm. It's you get a gig. There isn't you, in life.
0: Bro. And there isn't. There isn't. But the there, finish line you, is when you're done breathing, but beyond it. that, there isn't.
1: And so you you get the gig, yeah. you do the best you can at the gig, yep. and if you do, maybe you get a shot at another gig. Yep. And if you do a good job for them, maybe, you know, and, and the more good jobs you do, maybe you start to get a reputation. Maybe some people, you know, hear it's about it. Riggle. Yeah, and oh, I like the way he did that. Or, you know, mm-hmm. problem is I play a comedic jerk really well. Yes. And so I end up, getting a lot of calls to play comedic jerks. jerks. yeah. You,
0: I think people should have some perspective. I understand a little bit, but Second City is sort of like the pipeline to SNL to some extent, right? It's one of the pipelines. It's one of them, it's one of the places. So I imagine when you get there, the dream then begins to get on SNL. It's one of the big dreams, right? So what you're hearing him tell you, everyone, this is a huge lesson, is that his first big dream kind of didn't go. Like he had it and he lost it. Mm -hmm. And then the question becomes when that happens, then what do you do? Little pity party, not very long. I have this theory that, in life, everybody kind of gets knocked down. It's not whether you're gonna get knocked down or not or whether you're gonna lay there a while. People say, get right up. You're gonna lay there a little while. The question is how long? Is it an eight count or is it like 25 count? At some point, you gotta get up and go like, okay, the next thing I'm going to do. I'm curious because you've done stuff with Farrell, yeah. Was any of that because of Saturday Night Live? In other words, that experience generated a relationship here or there or yeah. something? So, the, the, So there was the, seeds being planted in a failure mm-hmm. of future success somehow.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, the, the comedy world, is, uh, and I'm sure in the uh, personal growth and mm-hmm. development field, it's a small circle. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, it's a small group. And you kind of know each other. And you know, mm-hmm. reputation-wise, you know, if people are good people, if they're hustlers, if, they're, uh, if they work hard, if they, you know, fake. You, you get The word gets out. You, yeah. can't, you can't hide some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you get, you get to know people one-on-one. So I, I, had made a couple relationships, uh, at SNL and I, you know, I'd always tried to deal honestly and openly and, 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 um, uh, I, I could go into more detail on that, but, um, but yes, uh, Adam McKay, um, who's a great director, one of the best comedians and comedy writers I've, I've ever come across. Um, he saw something, liked me. Mm. Um, And and the respect was mutual, Mm. and so when these little opportunities came up, I got a little tiny part in Talladega Nights, and uh, it got cut down quite a bit, but it didn't get cut out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The first movie I ever did, uh, this is another lesson I learned, it was called Fade or Launch, Matthew McConaughey and uh, Sarah Jessica Parker. And I had this big scene with Sarah Jessica Parker where we filmed in the streets of Annapolis, Maryland. And, you know, it was it was awesome. And she was at the height of her Sex in the City thing. Yeah. And nailed it. Told everybody on Earth, I'm in the scene with Sarah Jessica Parker. It's going to be this great guy. To- I got a call two weeks before the movie said, we had to cut you out. Oh, gosh. I was oh, like, gosh. what, no! They go, yeah, it was, you know, if, your scene was great, but it was kind of repetitive of other scenes, so we just had to make some tough choices for time. And I'm sorry, dude, we had to cut you. So then, I was mm-hmm. like, oh my god, another lesson, don't tell anybody anything <laughs> until you see it on the screen, yourself. until you're at the premiere and you see it on the screen. Oh, and I'm not kidding, to this day, I'm like, they're like, aren't you shooting something? I'm like, I don't know, maybe. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, sometimes.
0: You, you know what surprised me when I met you? Was um, we share this in common, and it surprised me with a lot of people who are uh, communicate for a living. Is you seem to be pretty introverted to me? I, tell me if I'm wrong. And a little, we're talking off camera that I think you are, and uh, you're kind of reserved more than I would have thought. Maybe that's just what I'm doing to you. It's a perception.
1: It may be a perception too, because the characters I play are big, loud, so big.
0: obnoxious jerks. So it's a comparative thing you're saying. It,
1: it may be because I think people, I do walk into rooms and people are like, "You're not who I thought you were. I thought mm-hmm. you were going to come in here and rip farts and yeah. knock glasses over and <laughs> right. smash stuff and right. call me a b-word." And I was right. like. What <laughs> those are characters, <laughs> you know? It's like I, I and the re I do love playing those characters because you get to take a side of your personality out for a walk, yeah. That should never go out for a walk. That's awesome, you know. So yeah. that's the joy. I never should be able to sp- be as rude or mm-hmm. as crass or as obnoxious yeah. as I get to be. In you those are movies. good, at that. thank you. very you much. are really, I don't know what that you, says about me when but. you're doing.
0: Oh, I just think it means you're talented. Do you, when you're doing the work, do you know if it's good or not? In other words, if you shot some things, you're like, I crushed this, and then you saw it, you go, ooh. Or or like when you done, like in the other guys, like I just watched, you. there's so much subtlety to the work in that movie, even like Wahlberg, the way he, his pitch of his voice and different things in the movie, the subtle things, I just think are, because I've done some work now with camera, obviously, I, it's really difficult to do to understand the subtleties of humor and timing when you're in such a people. You, people forget this. There's like there's a huge crew around you. There's Mike guys. There's the grip. There's all the camera people. There's people moving around. In the all back, the extras that all are judging the, you. All the other <laughs> stuff. Like, do you know in the moment I nailed this, or do you not know until you see it?
1: Sometimes you do. It's more of a sense. You're like, mm. I feel like that went well. Mm. It, of course, you don't say any of this out loud, but mm. you're like, you know. Yeah, and all actors and all comedians are insecure yep. to a certain level, so they're always gonna, even if they nail it, they're gonna be like, can we get one more, can we get one more? And really? the director's like, no, we can't, we gotta go, we, we gotta, gotta move on. We got like yeah. five more shots to get done before lunch. Yeah. So no, we can't. Mm. Um, but if you leave an actor alone long enough, he'll do 100 takes.
0: He would. Yeah. Do you have, I'm fascinated by you, just because of the whole story and your personality, and just the persona that I've seen, do you have any imposter syndrome still? Like I, every once in a while, I'm being transparent. Every once in a while, I'm like, why are they even listening to me? Not a lot. Usually, it's like when I wake up in the morning, I'll have some of these like anxiety thoughts, but yeah. I'm like, is this going away? Like, why
1: are they. But that's the human experience. Is it? I think, I, I mean, I think at some point, everybody has to, I mean, I hope at some point that people question themselves. Hmm. You know, I mean, even a doctor is probably like, I think it's this, but let me double Let me get a second opinion. Let me call in my colleague. Let hmm. me, you know, and then they want to bounce it off each other. You know, I mean, I I sit down and I'm like, I think this is funny, but I always want to check with someone and say, hey, what do you think about this? And they go, oh, dude, that's good. You're like, all right. Yeah. Then I'm on the right track. Or if they go, what do you mean? What are you talking about? Mm. Like, that didn't work.
0: If you've been listening or watching the show for a long time, you know what a big believer in NetSuite I am. I've been talking about them now for years. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors, which is why I've been using them now for five years myself. Over 37,000 other companies have as well. They've made the moves. Do the math. Now you'll see profit with NetSuite. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended. It's one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash mylet. Netsuite.com slash mylet. M-Y-L-E-T-T. Netsuite.com slash mylet. So, hey, guys, you know when I love technology and a great idea revolutionizes an old industry. And by the way, if there's an industry that needs a revolution, I think you'd agree with me. It's the healthcare industry it's not easy to find good doctors. And by the way, good doctors that are in your area that also take your insurance. And that's why I love ZocDoc. They are revolutionizing the healthcare industry and the way you get access to doctors. ZocDoc, by the way, is Z-O-C-D-O-C. Here's who they are. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. Tons of different reviews on the doctors and they're local to you. You can find out if they take your insurance. I just did it for a tearahead in my shoulder. One day later, I'm in the doctor's office getting some help, getting an order for an MRI. So go to Zocdoc.com slash mylet and download the Zocdoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z O C D O C dot com slash mylet. Zocdoc.com slash mylet. <laughs> but even in like the low, low careers have ebbs and flows, right? Like sure. You know, you're cranking. I got f- three movies coming out next year. You've had those years. I'm sure you've also had a year where you're like, I'm not completely sure what the thing is. Like, you've got stuff going now that we'll talk about. But in those times, do you find yourself questioning yourself more, or are you just doubling down on your work? What does one do when they're like, yeah, I'm in the plateau, so to speak, right yeah. now? Yeah.
1: Um, well, that's good. Uh, you know, for me, it's always been just work harder. I know that's, it's, you know. It's not. And when I say work harder, I guess I mean... um Get a new vision. Um, uh, so like I, uh, Glengarry Glenn Ross, always, ABC, always be closing, right? Yeah. You know, it's like one of my favorite scenes in the whole Me world. But too. But, uh, and, and, and what I've adopted and morphed it into is just ABD, always be developing. If you live in Hollywood and want to work in, the, in a life in the arts, mm. ABD, you always be developing. If you're not mm. developing, you're wrong. Mm. It's just that simple. So, what does that mean, though? I mean, what does it mean to a director? What does it mean to a producer? What does it mean? We're all looking for stories. We're looking for things. We're looking for care. I look for characters. Um, you know, I, I I have a show that I'm working on right now that I I can't talk about, but I, mm. it, it's all based on something I saw uh, mm. when I was you know uh, shooting another show. Really. And then that inspired me to do something. And then one time I was doing a bit uh, on uh, on one movie with Nia Vardalos from uh, my my big fat Greek wedding. She was the writer of the movie that we were filming and the producer, but we started because she's a, a, a Second City comedian, you know, mm-hmm. an improver, and, and I am too. Mm-hmm. We were in a Walmart and I started trying to sell her stuff at the Walmart, just doing a bit, right? And, yeah. you know, and, and then, then it morphed into me trying to be a, a, like a motivational speaker, you know, but really <laughs> bad at it. And so we just were cracking each other up all day long. Well finally at the end of the day Gary the, the main producer just comes over and goes oh my god you guys still doing that bit and we we're like yeah it's, it makes us laugh all day and he goes well then you ought to write it up and we we're like yeah we should so that's what we did we wrote a screenplay together no kidding yeah just based on those characters and then uh, it didn't sell, so then we morphed it into an Audible series, and, and now it's on Audible. It's called Motivated. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, but but so that that's what I'm saying. Always be developing. I
0: think that's life. I think that's entrepreneurship too. Yeah. You better always be developing. Always be executing. Always mm-hmm. be executing on what you're developing. Yeah. Always and, and the Marines the
1: were no different. Like there's a there's a one of the early readings we had to do as a young lieutenant was uh, it's called Duffers Duffers Drift. Yeah. Uh, and it's basically the lesson of the thing is you're never done improving your defenses, basically. Mm -hmm. Like, you get to a hilltop and you're like, all right, we got the hill, you know. Well, great, what are you gonna do? Okay, we should dig a trench line. Yep, dig the trench line, what else can you do? Put up some barbed wire, good, good. What about landmines, great, great. How about some claymores, great. How about some snipers up high, yeah, blah, blah, blah. You're never done. You know, there's never a place where you can say we're we're done here, guys. We're secure. Very good. You know, you, you you've always got more you can do. Very good. And you came
0: to my event. Why? Like, are you? Do you work on yourself? Like, do you read? Do you? Do I, you? Are you always trying to expand your knowledge or your knowledge of yourself yes. or of humans? What is it?
1: I I I have this deep desire to know what I'm capable of because I don't know if I've hit it yet. I don't know if I've uh, if I've missed it. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes right now I'm going through uh, last couple of years have been very difficult uh, on a personal level just because of my personal life. Okay. Um, but so that's kind of left me a little drift. And I think a lot of people are adrift right now because of covid and, mm-hmm. you know, that that whole pandemic really derailed a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I think I'll be honest. I mean, when I was in 1995, I got my first set of Tony Robbins cassette tapes. Okay, and I remember in my little apartment in North Carolina when I was stationed out at Cherry Point, um, I was going to night school um, to get my master's in public administration because that's the only thing they offered. So I was like, I'll do it. Also it kept me out of trouble. You know, If you're going to school on the weekends and at night, you can't get in much trouble. Um, And there's nothing to do in Eastern Carolina but get in a whole lot of trouble (laughs) as a young Marine. (laughs) so but in the night I would be I, you know he'd say we got to work on your physiology yeah, get right. up move yeah. you know I'm serious get up so I I'm I'm sitting walking around my apartment you know too. to and put my chest out and Me and too. you know and 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 then I still practice that all the way up to today like mm. I remember before I would do stand up shows mm. um the the uh, the opener would be out there mm-hmm. doing something and I would be behind the curtain yep. Doing this goofy walk back roof. and forth, yep. where I would, you know, mm-hmm. swivel the hips, where get my body loose and get my yep. mind right and get my head, and my shoulders back and my eye contact down. Mm-hmm. And by the time I took the stage, I was like,
0: <laughs> uh-huh. I'm here. Peak state. Here we go. Peak state. Yep.
1: And it was all because of you know learning some of these early lessons. And then I of course I tried to apply so many things, time of your life and all the things that. Yeah. that I bought all these things and I and I love it. Yeah. And I still yeah. write down my goals. Yeah. Uh every every January. Every January. I sit, there. if I'm ahead of schedule, I'll do it at the end of December. But me too. Usually that Christmas break. Me too. I'll take a whole day. I love that day. And I and I who am I? What do I believe in? What am I going to accomplish? What, is I, what are my what are my core values? What, you know, right on my mission statement kinda. And then I get to the what am I going to do? What are my outcomes and why are they important? And then I I start doing that, right? And I knock those out. And uh and I go back and I look at, you know, all the way from 2000 whatever to the to present because I keep I do a new journal for every every year, right? Yeah. And I go back and i look at them, And it's fun. It's really fun to look at it and say Wow, that's what was important to me. Then mm-hmm. I made eight out of the ten goals. hmm and um, Cool, and and then I'm like I'm on track. I did do that. I did and oh you did do, you remember when you, you yep. It was something you dreamed about but now it's done. Yep, and now we're it, identical
0: you, yeah. Your depth of your understanding of this is pretty deep. Like, he just said something really important there, but he doesn't just write the goals down. Why is this important to me? One of the things Tony's taught me many, many years ago was, you know, getting the depth of emotion that you need deep emotional reasons why things matter to you. For me, when I go back and read mine, I don't know if you have this experience, I I do end up achieving like six or eight out of every ten of them. Maybe not in the time. Mm-hmm. Sometimes my timing's off. It's mm-hmm. a little bit delayed by a year or three or five, but yeah. it ends up I'm like, that didn't happen in, 98 like I thought but it happened in 2001 yes, because I had planted the seeds probably same for you and that's
1: and 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 a lot of that stuff that you plant today. it, It may take Longer to manifest but it will yes if you stay consistent yes consistency boy. That's and that's the that's the rub. That's where I, that's where I you know, I think Well, you just look...
0: looked away. So I'm going to ask you a question. Do well, you think because that, I... that might be the difference over the last 24 months or so or whatever it's been that's yeah. in the difficult time is it's derailed your consistency? Completely. Yeah.
1: Completely. Yeah. So that's why I'm actually getting today actually December 1st is my launch day to cuz I'm this month I'm getting very serious about things. I'm trying okay. to renew some things. Okay. And at the end of this month I'm I'm just going to sit down and I'm Got my 23 that I'm going to write about. I'm going Mm. to plan it out. The one thing I'll tell you, um, Mm. I don't mind telling you, is um, the one goal that has carried over since 2010, 2011, just keeps carrying over, carrying over, and bugs the hell out of me because I haven't done it yet, Okay, is I'm going to write a book. Okay. And uh, go into your thing in Palm Springs Yeah got me off my ass enough to say, okay, so now I've taken some action steps. I've actually started, so it's gonna happen.
0: Good, okay, I'll hold you to it. Okay. I'm not kidding either, I won't play with it, because one of the things that helped me in writing my book, someone said this to me, it might have even been Tony, I'm not sure. I should give them credit, whoever it was. But I was like, I want to write a book. And I'm like, I just don't have, you know, I don't know where to start. And That's always and, the thing. It's such it's, a daunting. It's a daunting thing. You know what I did? I started writing the chapter titles first, not the chapters. What would the chapters be? And then I'm like, okay, these are the 12 chapters or the 15 chapters. And then I'll go back in and write those chapters. I didn't have a title for the book at first. Then they moved around. The sequence changed. But just the process of the motion of doing it, I'm like, actually, now that's not the book, but that chapter's actually the book but it's just the beginning of doing something it's i think when we get knocked down number one our consistency changes and i think there becomes a too deep of reflection analysis in our life in other words when something not good happens in your life whether you have a financial setback or a divorce or a relationship it's important to reflect on what did i do to cause this what did they do where were the mistakes that i made but i think that that can become a pattern in a spiral where you end up in the the reason you're successful, the reason everyone who's ever sat in your seat is successful is that they have an ability to take action under adversity. They take action under failure and they generate momentum. How do you sustain and keep momentum going? But how do you still have a life where you enjoy it, where you don't have to say yes to everything yeah. to have momentum? And I think when we get knocked down, we become too reflective. Um, we go too deep into thought and enough, not enough into what you did in the beginning, which was to step into spaces you were ill-prepared for. When you get knocked down or you've had some success, ironically, your comfort level, your 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 ability to be comfortable with not knowing as much as you need to know to take action mm. increases. Mm-hmm. And that's something that you've got to guard against, is like, listen, you did what you did because you were constantly stepping into spaces that you had some pre- preparation for but not a ton. You didn't have time to reflect a whole bunch yeah. and you didn't have a history to reflect on. And reflection also sometimes is dangerous because it creates a f- pattern of comparison. Mm-hmm. My life was like this. My career was like this. I used to look like this, mm-hmm. and there becomes this negative thing we do to ourselves, which isn't comparing with other people. It's comparing with the former us, mm-hmm. and you got to be really careful about that too. So those are all things I will hold you on this book. Start writing yeah. the chapters, man. Just start yeah. writing the titles out of the
1: chapters. well. And, and what you talked about also the the Marines, you know, the, their their leadership program is the best in, in the world I I think, as far as I'm concerned, and they. Because uh, so many things parallel some of the great leaders that I've read, even the mm-hmm. Stoics. You know, I, I read a lot yeah. about the Stoics, and, and I'm like, oh, God, this Marine Corps stuff is... Because it is. It's, it's, you know... The worst decision you can make is no decision. That's right. Right? You know, and, and most of the time, you're only going to have about 80% of the information if you're lucky. If you're lucky. More likely, you're going to have 20%. Yep. And you got to make a decision. Yep. So you, you just take the best information you have and you act and you act and then you let and then you'll sort it out and the same thing when I used to write comedy when I was on SNL or when I was daily show whatever I was whenever I was writing stuff um I I was I was terrible because I, I had this perfection thing where I was like I've got to write it perfect the first draft mm. it's got to be killer the first draft mm. well that's that's garbage right That's just not real it's right. not. so finally, and it's this thing where I have to coach you have to yell at yourself sometimes yeah. My thing now is I literally just barf it onto the page. Yes, that's all exactly of the, right. Stream of consciousness. <gasps> I'm just like, blah, 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 yes, and, I, and I'll throw it up on the page. Oh my gosh, yeah. it's the exact word I use. I say throw it up onto the page, yeah. and then once I've done that, it's yes. like the clay is now on the table. Yes. Now I go back and I say, yes, no, maybe add this. Oh, that sparks a thought where, and all of a sudden you're writing a whole new thing. Yes. It was just sparked off of one thing. But you, if you don't get it out of you, and you try to be perfect the first time you're gonna sit there and beat the tar out of yourself.
0: Oh my gosh, brother, so at the event you came to, the night before I was with the speakers, this is so huge for you all to hear, two people that have had some success talk about this. So I've had this, like, because the first book, the number one book, people like, will publish, like, we'll give you this, to write another book. I'm like, I don't have another book right now, right? Like, right. and the reason I don't have another book, because I think it has to be better than the last one. It has to be perfect this time. Whereas the first two I wrote, I was like, I'll just throw it up on the page, like he yeah. said. And at the dinner, for the speakers, the event you came to, they're going around the table, like, you gotta write another book, you gotta write another book. And I'm like, I don't really have another book. And, I'm, and someone said something, oh, one of the speakers said, um, I don't know what I'm gonna cover tomorrow. And I said, well, just remember this. At any given time, people that are coming to an event like this, there's a lot of them in some form of pain. And we forget this. We're always trying to motivate. They're in some form of pain. They've had a divorce. They've had a financial setback. They're lost. They just don't feel good about themselves. Someone rejected them. You know, business isn't going the way they want to. And then I said, you know, I have this thing I do with my kids where I say, Bella, t- you remember Let me tell it about you, let me tell you the, about it. i mean. you in
1: tears, man. Thank you.
0: And I said to her, I said, let me do this. And the whole table's in tears. I look yeah. up, and all of my friends, I was too the next yeah. day, yeah. When you, yeah, are in tears. And then they all go,
1: that's your book.
0: And I'm like, I think that is my book. I'm gonna tell humans about humans. I think the name of the book is gonna be Let Me Tell You About You. But it wasn't until I just started sort of throwing up and expressing myself. It's nowhere near the direction I was going. Nowhere near. And I'm like, maybe it's even a kid's book on top of that. So it's a matter of, when you're... That's inf- the magic of discovery,
1: though. Isn't it that, is. Isn't that
0: the juice? Yes, that's I, the juice. I love that. And that's the throes of your career, or my career. We're in this sort of professional, this is a weird term, but it's like, it's a vibrational energy frequency of motion. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow, that just came my way, that came over. I nailed that. I wrote this bit, and the punchline's totally different place than I thought it was going to be in the beginning. My comedic friends tell me this all the time. All the time. But they're the guys that are hot like in comedy like a rogan or a chapelle or sebastian or you know whoever's but dane cook anyone's been on my show yeah. they're writing a lot and a lot of what they write doesn't end up going anywhere but because they're doing so much a little bit less reflection in our lives reflection is important growth is important but you can you can pass that line to where it's paralyzing Demoralizing, comparative, and you have to be really, really careful with that. I uh, think.
1: Over overthinking, as you know, is is the fastest way to unhappiness. It is. It's, it and and we all do it. Mm. And they, it seems like the older we get, the more we do. We do because when I, I I just remember being very not myopic. You know, I yep. I, I could balance a lot of work life balance, mm-hmm. uh, but just having such a clear vision of like I'm going here and I'm doing yeah. this. Yep. You know, and that's it. And nowadays, I'm like I'm going here if it's okay with this person and that and this. And then when I get there, I'm gonna do this, provided of course, blah, 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 blah. And now I'm filling in blanks and I'm like, oh my God, it's so cumbersome now. And all I wanna do is shake it off and move to a cabin in the woods for about six months and everybody can pound sand and I'll reemerge when I'm GD ready.
0: By the way, (laughs) we're... it's amazing because I've actually been having that conversation. A lot of my friends are like, you have all these things to do. Yeah. You could do this, you could do this, you got your TV show. I said, you know what I really want to do? I want to take six months off and disappear. I just want to say, I just want to collect myself. Like, I'm with you. Look at your face right now. Oh. I'm with you, brother.
1: Seeking the truth never gets old.
0: But the truth is that I also know that I gotta, I have an obligation to the world and to myself to generate momentum and that these opportunities both you and I have been presented are pretty big blessings in our lives. And if we're not careful, Mm. you know, we miss that rhythm again, we miss that chance. And so we have to keep executing and keep creating I like
1: that version better than the, I got two mortgages. I got a kid in college. Yeah. I got a kid, in sc- other kid in school. Yeah. I got you know, the well, responsibilities gonna there. weigh you down.
0: I know, too. and they're going to be there anyway. Yeah, you know, the fact of the matter is that those facts don't change. But if you stare at them, they get bigger. That's it. If you stare at them, but if you stare at your vision, if you stare at where you want to go, if you're just by the way what you said earlier about just creating and taking meetings and outworking everybody, you also start to convince yourself that I deserve stuff other people aren't willing to do. Most guys with two mortgages and kids in college and a divorce and this or that or the other thing, and they're on the other side of 50 years old, they're not executing like me, they're not working like me, they're not taking meetings like me, they're not playing golf with that guy I wanna play golf with, they're not doing those things, but I'm doing things other people aren't willing to do, just like I did when I was in the Marine Corps, just like I did when I was starting out, just like when I did those extra reps on the improv stage and everybody else went home, that's my recipe. And when you get back to your recipe, Recipe, yeah. you're
1: like, oh, I remember this guy.
0: Yeah. This dude's familiar to me. I well, like this. And guy. the
1: struggle is real. Like you, you know, you hear these stories, and I, I love mm-hmm. listening to your to your podcast. I love hearing Dane talk. Mm-hmm. As matter yeah. of fact. Um, so much I learned from you know that mm-hmm. that conversation you had with him. A good one. But but it is real. Like you know, you you don't just set out one day. You know seven, eight years grinding at the UCB Mm -hmm. Theater in New York, Mm -hmm. which is in a basement underneath the Gristides, you know? And then I would go do 1 a.m. improv jams for nine drunks down in the lower village. Why? Because it was free stage time. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't get paid a dime doing improv. Not Mm -hmm. one penny. In fact, it cost me money to take cabs and trains to get to these places, but it was stage time, and I got a master's degree in comedy from some of the best. My teachers were Amy Poehler, Matt Besser, Matt Walsh, Ian Roberts, um, the writer, all the writers from Conan, all the <laughs> writers from uh, uh, Colbert and and the Daily Show guys, mm-hmm. and and I, so I, you know, I learned and played with some of the best people you could ever hope to. You oh, know, and awesome. the guys I came up with, Paul Shear, Rob Hubel, mm-hmm. Owen Burke, Chad Carter, you know, Jason Manzukis, go down the list of all these unbelievably talented individuals. That's who I got to spend my time with, mm-hmm. and I would go when I wasn't even performing to do lights and sound, do tech for other people's shows so I could watch their comedy and get to know them, meet them, and to be around the theater on the outside chance that a comedy show broke out and they invited me to come play or something, because that happened all the time. They'd be like, hey, we're short a guy. You want to play with us tonight? But yes, because I haven't played with this group. That's not my normal group. Mm. Just put yourself in that environment. So you have to grind. You have to do that stuff. You have to, if you want it, if you want it. Now, I'll never forget, I had just I was working uh, a couple jobs, and I had just taught an improv class, and I was tired. I'd gotten up early to go work out with the Marines at five that morning. Mm-hmm. We went and played basketball. I wasn't a bad workout, but I was—you know—it was still five a.m. Mm-hmm. And I just walked out of teaching an improv class, and it's ten p.m. and I'm exhausted. All I want to do is go home, you know, have my wife at the time, yeah. you know, give me a smile, and we'd have some burritos yeah. or something, and <laughs> and. I stood out there, and I and I remember I was like Saturday Night Live auditions are coming up, mm-hmm. and uh, and you have to be invited. It's not like you just get to go in. Mm-hmm. But I had been, I had been winked and nodded at, like you're kind of on a short list, mm-hmm. so stand by. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, I don't have the characters ready, I don't have mm-hmm. the stuff ready yet. And this is gonna, if it, if it happens, it could happen within a month or two. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm sitting there going, well, why did you quit flight school? You quit flight school to come to New York to be an actor and a comedian. This is your, you're looking down the barrel at a real opportunity, a life-changing opportunity. Mm. And you want to go home? Mm. You want to go, and I'm standing on the corner of 31st and 7th Avenue. Mm. I'll never forget, it's really close to Madison Square Garden. There's a Starbucks across the street. and I'm standing on the corner going, I just want to go home, and I'm yelling at myself. Mm. And I said, and, and I'm cussing, yeah. and I'm saying, get your ass down to the UCB get your ass down here right now. I go, and I would argue, I, go, I don't have anything to say. What am I gonna do, walk in? I, go, I don't care, just get up on stage and improvise something. You're an improviser, just improvise something. You've gotta create these characters. Why the F did you even come here? You know, and I'm barking at myself, and people are walking by me, they're thinking it's just another New Yorker, you know, <laughs> his lost his lost lost stuff. And I had this argument with myself, and I was about to get in the cab to go home. And finally, I just said, you're right, you know, like I I won the argument and I went, instead I went back downtown, instead of up, I went downtown to the UCB theater. I went down, Um, it was like, it was Wednesday, so it was like hump night, which at 11 o'clock, the show started, it went all the way to like 1 a.m. And you could put your name on the list and you got five minutes of stage time and you could put it on twice. You could do stand-up characters, improv bits, you could do a puppet Mm -hmm. show if you wanted, you got five minutes. Mm -hmm. So I went down, I put my name on the list and I put it on again, you know, at the next opening. Mm -hmm. And I went into the green room and I just said, okay, I've got to create two characters right here and right now. And I remember a character I did where I was, uh, uh, I played a Marine Corps recruiter who wouldn't take no for an answer. Yeah. So I said, okay, that's gonna be one character. I'm gonna go out into the audience, I'm gonna recruit somebody from the audience to join the Marines for five minutes. No matter what they say, they're not getting away from me. Mm-hmm. So that was, and that's all I had. That's all I had. That so, ended up being
0: a sketch on Saturday Night Live, didn't it? Something it, it like didn't, that? It didn't, so, I wanted it to okay, be. Okay.
1: But I, um, so then I went out and I was, just, I was you know, hey, everybody, uh, I want to thank the UCB for allowing me to come in here today. My name is Sergeant Jackson, I'm here to recruit. Uh, now listen, I don't know how you all are playing for college, but let me tell you something, why don't you take the burden off your parents, be your own man, you sir. You know, I just went after him like they went after me, right? Yes. And I remember all the jargon, mm-hmm. so I just attacked this poor kid and he's like, you know, he, he was a sweet kid, awesome. you know, who's played along. But, um, and then I said, okay, then the next thing, I'm going to be this I'm going to be this old coach who has to teach a sex ed class, okay? <laughs> and so I, I came out and I was, I because I based on a real character. My, I remember my seventh grade uh, gym teacher, uh, Dewey Kunda. I'll tell you his name. Uh, <laughs> sweet man, the sweetest man in the world. He he go, oh man. He always called us men. Men, calm down now, calm down, men. He goes, man, I've the state says I need to tell you about sex, and so here we go. And he go, now does everybody know what the penis is? You know, like that's, and, you know. And so he. He would tell, and of course we were relentless, you know, seventh grade boys are the worst. So we'd be like, coach, what does this mean? Coach, what does that mean? And he'd be like, oh God, don't say that, man. Don't say that, you know? He he was trying to hush us down. So I just turned that into a character and then as he was trying to describe the sex act, Mm -hmm. he would have these heart palpitations and he would start to sweat and he would almost lock up and die and that was getting a response. So that turned into one of an audition character. But that's, that. I just had to get the ball rolling. It's that vomiting me. onto the page. Yes, but I was doing moving. it live on stage. I just went, I went in and I jotted down a couple bullet points and what the character's main thing was gonna be. He was gonna go out and teach a sex ed class. I was gonna go out and recruit this guy. And that's what I was gonna do on stage. And then you just build from there. Gosh, brother. And so then, I managed to put together a couple of characters and a couple of things, and, and I got, I, I did get the call to audition. And now you're and ready. I, and, I, and I got it.
0: That's where you're ready. By the way, one of my favorite things ever on the show is the last five minutes of what you just said. Yeah. It's one of my favorite things ever, because it's a real-life example of real life. And one of the things about doing this, life is not the way it is in the beginning. The way it is in the middle will be different than it is in the end. And same with almost every other thing, a marriage isn't the way it is in the beginning, isn't the way it is in the middle, isn't the way it is towards the end, one way or the other. Businesses we have, it's one way in the beginning, it's a little bit different in the middle, and it'll be different towards the end. Same with careers. One of the things is I'm watching you with that in mind, and by the way, everyone should just accept that the reason we want to get moving, the reason we want to do things is there's correlated spaces. Like, for example, like I was just a speaker for many, many years. I had no idea that that was going to lend myself into that this thing that was created called social media. Then that was going to be a venture. And then that somehow, because I was a broadcast major 30 years ago in college, this thing called podcasting would start and this degree I got 30 years ago comes into fruition now because I got a pretty deep voice and I know what I'm talking about. So it's different. And then the entrepreneurial opportunities. I had a financial company. I had no idea later I'd have a chip company or a chocolate company or a baseball card company, it changes and you have to be open to those ebbs and flows of your life. As I'm watching you, this is just two friends talking, but, and I know you've done a little of this, but I watched, I thought about you a while ago, that place that you and I were both talking about where I belong, Ray Romano's also a member there. And Ray, like you, I don't know Ray very well, but we've had encounters a few times, he's a pretty serious guy one-on-one also. Mm-hmm. Like you would not, if you, I think if you met a most comedians, even Sebastian, or whoever, I don't think you would think they were comedians when you met them. They're right. typically quiet. Some of them are actually kind of dark people too, right? Like, that's where the comedy comes from. Yeah. And I watched this thing with Ray. I don't remember what the movie was, but it was about him and a really good friend. He had a really, you probably know it because you know the world, but he just had this really good friend, and I think the friend was dying, but it was a dramatic role. It wasn't a funny role. Do you know the movie that I'm talking about? I. I
1: don't off okay, the top of my good. head, but I do know that he, his dramatic work is fantastic. It's, fantastic. it's fantastic And then
0: I think of some of the dramatic work. I've seen Bill Murray do mm. and I'm like wow He's when I watch you um, And the way that you express yourself I just have to wonder if obviously the comedy world is your world and that's where you've cut your teeth But I actually wonder if that's part of that path that it's not in the beginning that it might be in the middle That it could be at the end for you is more of that stuff. Have you ever thought about that?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely, I I think any any uh, anybody who chooses a life in the arts, you you do things, and then you you want to scare yourself. You want to try something mm-hmm. new. You want to kind of step out, and mm-hmm. and and you know it was, it, at first you might not be received. I remember when Bill Murray in 1981 did a movie called Razor's Edge, where he played a World War One veteran, mm-hmm. and he was drunk in a pool because he was obviously hurting and and mm-hmm. dealing with it through self medication, mm-hmm. and you know he was he would say like wise ass lines, or but he would they were really poignant lines. Mm-hmm. And the audience was laughing because the expectation was it, comedy. It was him, you know. Yep. And and the truth is, that the performance is great. He's mm-hmm. great. He's mm-hmm. you know he can do that because mm-hmm. um, there's real depth to him. Mm. Um, That's what I see but in it's you. It's not it's not received. Well, thank you. That's mm-hmm. very nice. I did a movie called Midnight Sun where mm-hmm. it was more dramatic, mm-hmm. where I played a, a guy whose father or a father whose daughter was dying, and that was mm-hmm. that was my first. Uh, you know mm-hmm. that it's also getting an opportunity. Sure. You know, and and so that was the first what I would call dramatic role. Mm-hmm. I played a straight role, which I would call a straight role in Twelve Strong. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, which is an interesting story because the guy that I played was actually my boss in Afghanistan.
0: <laughs> You're serious? <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. It's a crazy story. Oh, crazy on. story. So, so the, in the movie, I played Lieutenant Colonel Max Bowers, who is the the CEO of Third Battalion, Fifth Special Forces Group. And uh, when I got to Afghanistan. I got there when the, the movie ends when they take Masri Sharif. That's how the movie ends. Twelve Strong. Mm-hmm. Probably a couple weeks after that is when I showed up and joined them. And so when I got there, uh, I reported to uh, Lieutenant Colonel Max Bowers. I was a young mm-hmm. captain at the time. The Central Command had sent me over mm-hmm. uh, to help out with public affairs and civil affairs. And so in the movie, I play him. So I was like, I know this guy. I used That's to brief incredible. him every morning and every evening. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. What do they?
0: I think of guys even like Hanks, who was kind of like bosom buddies, funny dude in the beginning, and we all forget. Or even Robin Williams. Yeah. Like, a lot of people have made that move where they've done both, and Ray has done very well as well. I just, I don't know.
1: I like I mean... watching Ray, and I, and I play golf with Ray too, up in Tahoe. Okay. And so, so we play in a lot of terms. It's sweet, sweet man. Yep. Very, but very sincere. Yeah. And and a lot of comedians uh, that I know, it's it's the only comedian I ever met that that. Kept it on all the time was Robin Williams, okay. and it might have been because he was manic, you know, or mm-hmm. whatever. But the sweetest man on earth, I absolutely loved him. We did some USO stuff together. Mm. We, uh, he actually came down to the UCB Theater in LA, and we did a, an improv oh. show together. And he's he's a machine. He was it was like it was special. It was truly special That's to funny. be in his presence. Mm. Uh, but most comedians, you know. You can't sustain that kind of stuff. I can't even imagine. A lot of times you just want to have a conversation. You just want to relax. Relax. Um, Will Ferrell's the most humble, sweetest guy in the world. Mm. He loves just to talk about the Trojans or about the Lakers. You know, and he's really excited about it. And Mm. what's going on with you? And how's the fam? And he's always in. But then what? What I love about him is when he flips the switch. It's 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 the best because I'm like, oh, it's (laughs) playtime. Because I can see it in his eyes. He starts getting like, here we go. And I'm like, "Ah, (laughs) I just saw it in your eyes. It's it's on. (laughs) You know, it's so fun. Mm. Uh, And you're right. Right. and there's also you know a lot of uh, the land of broken toys you know out there you know a lot of guys are hurting yeah. and that's why they got into to deal with it uh,
0: i just saw your eyes change right there too <laughs> i we're, i love this so i want to go a little longer if it's okay sure. with you sure if it's you tell okay, tell me she's okay uh-huh. i want to go a little longer because it's too good and i i know what my audience is thinking right now they're seeing side to you i think maybe they don't know for most of them and I think that the human side of you, with all your success, helps people. Plus, all the clues you're leaving as we've been talking—like everything you say, even though you don't know it—is leaving clues of success or the story uh, of how to move to make your dream happen. I—I I just wonder for myself: Did anything happen in the military, without being personal, yeah. that changed your perspective on life in general? That you know, you thought, well, the heaviness of this that I just had to experience means. I do that sometimes. Like when I'm in a high pressure situation, I'm like, "Yeah, this is something, but it's wasn't this other thing in my life." I'm just wondering about how your experience in the Marine Corps shaped your worldview, your life.
1: Yes, uh, I would say yes. There were there were there were clear moments when uh, you know you. Um...
0: Did you hear the list of all the medals?
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But there there were there were clear moments there. I remember you know you you see the. Uh, uh, the kids in Liberia, you know, mm-hmm. out there on UN Drive, when you're looking over the wall from the embassy, and you and you see the conditions they're living in, mm-hmm. heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you see the. Um, uh, I remember when we were in Albania, we had a, a Apache crash, and and the pilots were killed, and and we were loading their caskets onto a C-130, or it wasn't a C-130, it was a C-17, okay. and we were loading, and you know, and and the whole base stopped, and everybody came to attention, and they blew taps, and mm-hmm. you know, and and. They load that on when I was when I was at ground zero, just days after 9-11, uh, the next day after 9-11. Um, moving rubble by hand in the bucket brigades, you know, the devastation all around. You know, those are things that move you. Wait a on, minute, you were, a at,
0: you were at 9-11 on 9-12? Uh,
1: yes, the next day. So my reserve unit was in Manhattan. Yeah. And we were activated yeah. the night of September 11th because they closed all the bridges and tunnels and we were told to report down to ground zero in our boots and Utes uh, boots and utilities. We got down there. We reported one police plaza the next morning, um, and our boots and utilities. And they gave us a surgical mask. And oh my gosh. then we went and just started, cause at the time it was six stories of rubble. We didn't know if there were any survivors, right? So it was still search and rescue. So they couldn't bring any heavy bucket loaders or heavy, heavy machinery because they're afraid of collapses and cave ins. So everything had to be done by hand. So, uh, um there's i remember we were over on the corner of the the tower that was furthest south um i think that's tower one or two tower one and um there was a there was a burger king that was all blown out and everything but that's where we staged our gear and then we worked out of that corner and we just were like ants going up a hill just passing buckets up and down 12 hours on 12 hours off 12 hours on 12
0: I have hours to off. think that changes your perspective on life. Well, it, do, it
1: does you know and and you see these things and then you go over to third world countries you know mm. and you go to Albania and you see the refugee camps that we were setting up for the people in Kosovo you see the uh the Afghan children you know I'm handing out leaflets you know to stay away from these cluster bombs and these minefields and this is what a mine looks like and don't touch this stuff you know cuz they they were illiterate they couldn't read so we had to do everything in pictures and 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 you realize what a lawless country looks like. You know, you, you realize w- when there's no law and order, when there's no, you know, it's caveman rules, mm. uh, you know, and so it, it's anarchy, it's this, you know, and so you become very grateful. Yeah. You become so grateful for this. Remind yourself have. of
0: that. I mean, maybe today's just, I mean, I'm sure you do, but just,
1: and we walked away from 9 11, you know, so many people didn't. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 you know, those, does Without it ever dawn on you? On but like,
0: stuff. no, it's good. Does it ever dawn on you that you served all this time, and that at some point, guys, just picture this: like you're in the Marine Corps, you're you you you're in service for that long of a period of time, and then you end up going over to entertain the very troops that you were once a part of. Was that not a trip for you? Was, was that for Comedy awesome. Central? Who was that for? It Tell was us awesome.
1: That. It was uh, a couple times. I I did it once with the the Daily Show, and then another time. I've I've done three, I think. Uh, big tours and one with the chairman of the joint chiefs um, did his Christmas tour, which was amazing. Um, But yeah, I was always pissed because I never got a USO show. Not one, all my deployments. I never got one entertainer ever. So I was like, you know, that sucks. And I I said, if I ever got to a place where I could, I would. And so Mm -hmm. I did.
0: Your yeah. level of humility is remarkable, brother. <laughs> you know that I always assumed Riggle was a stage name? But you said earlier, <laughs> Riggle. That all the time. Is that your real That's name? That's my
1: real name. That's my real name. It's, I guess it started as Regal. Okay. Uh, and it was, uh, my my dad in retirement has gotten into genealogy. Okay. So he has traced this part of the family all the way back to 1568 holy in Germany. Holy crap, holy crap. Yeah. And uh, apparently uh, the, my, my ancestors came over in like 1741 and mm-hmm. settled in Pennsylvania mm-hmm. and then worked their way from Pennsylvania to Indiana to Iowa down to Kansas.
0: All the way to you. <laughs> Little did they know back in the day that they were eventually developing like the perfect name for a comedic actor, <laughs> Rob Riggle.
1: Yeah, and, it, and so it was Regal, yeah. I guess, when, when they first landed here, and then it morphed into Riggle, and that's just what it's been ever since. So.
0: All right, last thing. Give me a good story. Give me one story of anything you've done on a movie set or anything like that. You're like, I can't believe this is happening right now. Or it's the hardest I've laughed. Or some experience with one of these amazing people that you've collaborated with in your life. Where you had the story where you were with the, um, Carrie uh, in. Um, and, uh, and um uh, oh, Jeff and Jeff Daniels oh, yeah, yeah. and Jeff in the car that's remarkable. I would be there too. I had a former president of the United States one time. I won't say which one, but he was in the White House. It was his third day in office as a guy that I worked with, and he was in a very stressful meeting, and he leaned back in his chair just to collect his thoughts and when he looked back right behind him was the picture of Lincoln and this is the dude who was running the country at the time, and he's like he's like, I just leaned back, so they didn't hear it, but he leaned back and he, he it's a Lincoln picture behind him, and he goes. I can't believe that I'm here right now, and he goes. Then I had to gather myself. You're the president of the United yeah. States, dude. You're, so the, you're the one. You're, you're actually the guy in that yeah. chair. But imagine what that must be like to sit back there and go, "That's this is where Lincoln was, and now I'm here." No matter who you are as a human being, even someone at that level, he shared with me. I don't think confidentially. I didn't say who he was. Yeah. What that experience was like. Have you had one of those outside of that carry moment, or you just laughed your whatever off at
1: some point with oh, somebody? Oh yeah, I've been so blessed. That's that's the best thing about working on comedies. Yeah, I imagine. You know, generally speaking, you're hanging out with some pretty funny people. Right. Generally speaking, everybody's in a good mood. Yeah. Generally speaking, the scenes have a funny twist to yeah. them. And right. generally speaking, everybody's throwing new ideas out there because mm-hmm. there's what's on the page and then there's what you bring to it as well.
0: Mm-hmm. But and, on Saturday Night Live, is there someone that walked in or anywhere in your life you're like, uh, oh, no, there's so a many
1: cool guy. things. I remember on Saturday Night Live, I, I did a sketch with um, uh, Neam Leeson. Yeah. And we came off. I have
0: a particular set of skills. Yeah, yeah.
1: And he yeah. was the sweetest man in the world, you know. Yeah. And and but I was, you know, I was just I was yeah. always shell shocked. I was always yeah. shell. I'm still shell shocked yeah. or or awestruck by some of these sure. talented people that I admire so That's much. That's a big one. So I, I had just done a scene with him, and it went really well. And I came off stage, and Lauren uh, kind of sits underneath the stage. He has a little video village that he sits in, mm-hmm. and I came off, and Tom Hanks was sitting next to him, and uh, Tom jumped up and goes, "That was awesome." And I, I go. No. I was like, "Thank you, Tom Hanks. That just happened. Oh, I just want to go call all my friends right now and tell them what just happened. I gotta go." But he was—he he stood up out of his seat and kind of gave me the old, you know, oh, bro insane. hug. And I was like, "Oh, that's so cool." Mm-hmm. And then, you know, there's there's all kinds of stories. I mean, on Twenty One Jump Street, um, and, and I'll 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 try to make this quick because, oh, you know, but the um, we had been shooting night shoots. So when you when you flip schedules, you know, everybody's upside down and you're you're off sleep you're you know everything's kind of weird. So we kind of flipped to a night shoot for like 3 or 4 days in a row and it was the last night shoot and we were shooting all the way until the sun came up. I mean it was and we were up against it cuz this is it cuz then the weekend was coming and we didn't want to have to do another night shoot so we we had to get this stuff done. But everybody's energy was low. So it's the end of the movie. It's where I get shot in the dingaling. And it's where they cuff me, and they, uh, you know, uh, um, Channing Tatum finally reads the right, you know, the the mm-hmm. Miranda rights. He gets it right, you know, mm-hmm. and they're celebrating, mm-hmm. and you know, it's this thing. And it, the energy was kind of low, and the cr- the crew was kind of you know moping, and mm-hmm. and uh, so um, we were also improvising because we were you know mm-hmm. just trying to wake everybody up and kind of get ourselves going. So I get shot in the dingaling, I go down, they you know they cuff me or whatever, and. And I'm like, you shot me in the a Yeah, I, I, I didn't say that. Yeah, right. But I said you shot me in the thing, and uh, and then um, I think Jonah goes, Oh my God, is that it? <laughs> right? And he points, all, and it's off screen. It's all off screen, right? And I go, ah! and I scream like I, it's there, you know. And so get a big reaction. Oh, you know? Well, then the next take, they were like, Okay, this is great. Do it again. You know, get you. Should, and then you tell him to pick it up. So we were like, Okay, so here we go. Second time. You know, is that, you know, is that it right there? Oh, oh you got to get it, pick it up, pick it up, you know? And he's like, no, I'm not picking it up, you know? And I was like, pick it up, help me out, because oh, I'm handcuffed at mm-hmm. this point. So then I, I, I go, I ah! So I lean out of frame, right? Mm-hmm. And then they go, okay, that was great. Now we got to do it again. This time, they go over to Crafty, get a banana, bring it over here, cut it in half, and we're gonna, uh, I was like, why do you have to cut it in half? <laughs> anyway, they cut it in half, and they put fake blood all over it, and so now I go out of frame, I come up with oh, this my bloody goodness. banana in my mouth, you know, and I'm still handcuffed. And and I bit through it, so it popped out of my mouth, you know? <laughs> and so, it just turns into this ridiculous thing, right? It just keeps oh, snowballing, it's, it's a snowball going downhill. And it just keeps going and going. And the crew's loving it, we're laughing, oh, we're all having the energies back, you know? Oh. Like it, So we have this great thing, and I'm thinking, no problem, you know, the good people at Sony, there's mm-hmm. no way this is gonna make it onto the movie, this is just for us, because they're gonna end the movie right when they get the Miranda rights, mm-hmm. you know? Well, they left it in the cut, that <laughs> tested, and it got big laughs, oh. so they were like, you we can't get rid of it now, so they kept it in the movie. <laughs> so See, now, movie. For, it's in the movie for the rest oh, of my life. My and if, all it was it was a big screw around, oh, right? Just gosh. to get the energy up and have fun. Oh, and it was gosh. cracking each other, like, we were all laughing, having yes, a good time with it, but... That's awesome. Th- something like that, that was just an innocent screw around, have some fun improvising, you know, get the energy up type thing. Now lives forever.
0: Oh, dude, that's there's, huge. There's that is the best. <laughs> I wish that was in the beginning. I hope everyone stuck around to hear that. What's The Curse of Bridge Hollow? Is that on Netflix right now?
1: Yeah, that's, uh, that was a, kind of a Halloween, family Halloween movie okay. uh, with uh, Marlon Waynes. Okay, with uh, Marlon? Yeah, he's, he's a great guy and uh, so Kelly he... Rowland and, and some other wonderful, the young lady, I'm, I'm so bad about this, I forgot her name. I'm sorry, she was on Stranger Things. But anyway she's um, good too great great
0: dude i loved today now Me here's too. what we're gonna do um, we're gonna have you back when you write your book okay and you are writing your book so uh-huh. we're gonna make sure that that happens together this is what i was hoping it was today uh, i knew i would laugh but i knew people would learn a lot about you and also about how to become successful how to overcome difficult times also appreciate your openness and so, your yeah. vulnerability too one of the great stories one of the most amazing lives so far with uh, 52 more years at least to go, you're probably halfway done, so thank you. For <laughs> I like today. the way you think. Yeah, guys, follow Rob Riggle on social media. You already know who he is, but go follow him there. Thank you for today, brother.
1: Oh, thank you, I, and, and thank you for what you do. I really appreciate yeah. it. Yeah.
0: Well, I think we're gonna be friends for a long time, so I'm fired up. Hey, guys. This is the perfect show to share. I wanted him on for this time of year because you all need to laugh a little bit. You all need to learn a little bit. You all need to be inspired a lot. And you got all of that out of today's show. So you're welcome. How can you pay me back? Share this with people that you care about. You want to bring some joy and some inspiration into their life and a little inside peek into Hollywood and this man's remarkable life as well. Thank you again for your service, bro. Thanks. God bless you, everybody. Max out. Power of one more. Go grab my book. Take care. This is The Ed Milard Show.